Father, we do thank you for Andrew. Thank you for the gifts on his life. Deeper than that, we thank you for his heart. We see pure intent and passion to save the lost. So, Lord, as he shares your word with us today, we pray for your anointing to be evident, that your spirit will manifest through the words he has to share with us today. We pray for open hearts to receive what it is you're saying to every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Gary. Um, I'm really excited about the appeal time. We're going to have an interactive appeal time after the message. So don't be scared. It's not like scary. It's just interactive. And so I can need to preach quick and get to that because it's going to be good. All right. If we can get rid of the hum, that would be amazing because I don't know whether it's the sound system or my tinnitus playing up. Um, recently, because, you know, that's what you do when we, we've had, me and my wife have had two jobs, at one time almost two and a half jobs and four kids and life was really busy and now we've got just one job and the kids are growing up and we didn't think our life was complicated enough so we thought we'd get a cat. That's what you do when life's too simple, isn't it? Just complicate it all over again. Because we've already got a dog, and he's not that excited about the cat. So we went into the RSPCA, and this cat came out and said hello to Melissa. She doesn't even like cats. So I said, that's special. I said, do you want to go back in? She said, yeah, maybe. Okay, let's go back in. Anyway, then they wanted to bring the dog back the next day, right? It's like the test you go through to get a cat from the RSPCA. So we had to bring the dog in. I thought, well, we'll fail this test. If we haven't failed all the other tests, we'll fail this test. And, of course, the dog behaved himself, didn't he? <laughs> First time in his whole life that he behaved himself. But they asked and then she went through all these questions. I wish someone gave me a thorough interview like that before I had children. <laughs> Wouldn't that be helpful? To get that kind of direction, that thorough interrogation when you're going to make a big, before you get married or before you have kids or before you take on a job or whatever, someone interrogates you for 20 minutes about whether you're ready for this. Well, you know what? I think where do we get that kind of direction from? We get it from God's Word. And um, that's one place we can get. I actually appreciate it. I thought, yeah, these are great questions. Do we really want a cat? They probably should have been a little more thorough. Um, but God's Word's thorough. And I want to just um, want to turn to Psalm 19. So if on your phones or you've got a Bible handy, you want to look up Psalm 19. And um, this actually came up in my devotions this week, but it's kind of fitted with our theme this month, which is, you know, Jesus and discipleship and being a disciple of Jesus is just someone who, a disciplined follower of him. And so um, this really fits with that because this psalm was written by King David and it kind of does this amazing journey um, through this psalm and we're just going to track through it. And stuff will come up on the screen and on your seats is a handout which will help you follow me through too if you want to and fill in the blanks if you want to do that. So my first point is God speaks to us through creation. So this is where David starts. And the first few verses, just verse 1, he says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament 
shows his handiwork. Um, it's interesting what Mary shared in the sharing time because I went in last night really looking for something. You know when you're kind of looking for God and you don't know what you're looking for? I just recognized Ethan. Hello, Ethan. I saw you before and I didn't recognize you. So we'll grab up. <laughs> That's right. It's impressive, mate. It's impressive, seriously. Um, and I just saw a book that I'd seen plenty of times before that Dawn and Christy must have put on the table on the way in because there's a love, what you think? Faith, hope, and love. I love that. Faith, love, and hope. Um, and in the hope, it's just this little pink book by Ken Duncan on hope. And I grabbed that last night just before I sat down and then read the, just meditated on the whole thing through it. And um, I love Ken Duncan. If you haven't been down to his gallery, um, the guy's a Christian. And I love he's got that, you know, all of creation declares the glory of God in Romans 1.20. And it's the same theme here that David touches on. David, and it's interesting, sorry, Eden, but during the week, Eden was in our pool laying on a floater. He goes, I should get outside more and look at the sky. It's really amazing. And I thought, that's right, isn't it? You know, have you ever gone out, and, and this is in my devotions this week too, that imagine if God put nothing in the sky. We'd kind of go, maybe there's nothing out there. And so we look up and we see the stars and we go, there must be something out there. The problem is we've sent spaceships looking for aliens when we should have gone to the Word of God to find God. Because that's the purpose of creation, not for us to go looking for aliens or other life forms. The, the purpose of creation is for us to go, wow, how did that get there? And in our search and our questioning, we end up at the Word of God and go, ah, wow. And so this was the journey of King David, the psalmist. He looks at creation. He goes, man, God, wow. And that's his first step in his journey. And he does this journey often into a deeper relationship with God. Um, giving my kids a hard time today, but Becca's not in the room. And Becca will come out of her room. She's 11 and she'll say, I can't find it. And she gets really frustrated about whatever she's looking for. And I know Becca well enough to know that it's probably just in the room. So it's okay, Becca. And I go into her room and there it right is, right in front of her face. I thought that was just a bloke thing, but maybe it's a kid thing or a personality thing. But, you know, um, God is right in front of our face. We don't have to send spaceships looking for him. God's actually going, woohoo, I'm here. That's the whole purpose of creation is to get out. I don't know, are you impressed with creation? I am. The other day, me and Becky just went, you know, it's still January. I still want to think like I'm on holidays. And so after dinner, Melissa and Kate come to worship practice. Me and Becky just went to the beach. And we're just walking along the beach at Shelley's Beach. And it was just spectacular. And then, like, I have budgies just because, you know, I like to care for things. And you can't buy much cuttlefish, not for the good price these days. Anyway, it's the white stuff you put in for their beaks, right? Walking along the beach, and here's the biggest piece of cuttlefish I've ever seen in my life. I go, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it's a free one. Do you know what I mean? Just to see God in creation and go, wow. And what that does is stir our hunger for more of him, you know? 
And so I'm going to jump to verses um, 7 and 8. And it says, you know, not only does God um, speak to us through creation, but hopefully that stirs a hunger and a hope for us that leads us to his word. And so God speaks to us through his word is the second point. I've just got four sub-points there. I'm not totally doing this psalm justice this morning, but it'll hopefully give you a a taste and um, you can study it deeper for yourself after. The first sub-point is God's word brings life. Now, it says life up there, I think. Um, But you can put life, yeah, life to our soul or spiritual life. Like God's word brings spiritual life. We touched on that a little bit last week. I love... um, the Lord, Lord is perfect, converting the soul, NIV says. Um, the Amplified says, the Lord of the Lord is perfect or flawless. And I loved how it said this, restoring or refreshing the soul. How good is that? See, I think the soul is a part of us often gets neglect. We're hungry, we refresh our bodies or, you know, we eat, we sleep. So we get refreshment for our bodies. Um, even emotionally these days, we're much more in touch with that kind of stuff. So we'll go to a counsellor or a therapist and we'll, we'll hang out with friends and try to get refreshed emotionally. But often, how do we get in touch with that soul hunger? And so the Bible or God's Word is great for restoring or refreshing our soul. Then the word there, now this is, if you look at the psalm and you study it, it's an amazing poetic psalm, all the commentators say, right? So these four things are like, for poetic, you know, I'm not the literally literal. What's the word? Yeah. I'm not the guy that's good with language, you know. I don't even know why. I don't even know why I'm preaching, right? Seriously, I butcher everything when it comes to language. But anyway, in our weakness, he is strong. So the word law there means God's revealed will. God's revealed will. Do you want to know what God's will for your life is? It's in the Bible. Sometimes we want something really specific, and I think sometimes we can get that, but don't ask for anything too specific before you've done all the other stuff he's asked you to do, okay? Because sometimes we say, oh, God, I want to know this. He says, well, we'll get to that, but first we need to talk about this. And perfect means lacking nothing good. The law, so God's revealed will in his word, which lacks nothing good. Isn't that good? Have you ever bought something and it... You know, this is so exciting. A bit like our cat. This is so exciting. But it does lack some good things. You know what I mean? You get a car and you go, oh, this is great. And then you find out there's something wrong with it. Go, oh. But God's word says, lacks nothing good. You're not going to be disappointed with it. Second one, second sub point. God's word gives wisdom. We can always do with more of that. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Um, making wise the simple. Now, before you get offended by the word simple, I'll explain that in a minute. Um, The statutes of the Lord, this amplified version, are reliable and trustworthy. Don't you like reliable, trustworthy information? Um, Just to go through those words in that verse, so if you want to leave them up, you can. Um, Verse 7. That's it. Um, The second one. Is that all right? God's wisdom. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Yep. Making wise the simple. So the testimony of the Lord is like a witness. Um, sure is like being trustworthy. Wise is the proper understanding of life. And simple means ordinary people. Who's an ordinary person? Don't you love that? You don't have to go and do a degree 
to get understanding from the Word of God. Now, you can, and it could be helpful, but you don't have to. God loves to connect with ordinary people. So today, if you think you're ordinary, um, God can connect with you, and he wants to, and you can through his Word. Third point is God's Word brings joy. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart, it says there. Another word for statutes are commandments, um, or it talks about precision. Do you ever like good? I like good information. We had a plumber come to the house just to fix the toilet and hot water system during the week. And I love tradesmen who give free information because then I know how things are working. I know they're fixed and I know I haven't been ripped off. But you know, when people answer a question, it's all very vague. You go, hmm, what aren't you telling me? Lord, friends, the word of the Lord's not vague. It's precise. So we don't need to actually doubt what God... The only time I think we doubt God's, what God's trying to say to us is when we don't really want to hear it. Because I find God pretty specific usually. It's right, so it's correct or pleasing to God. And it brings joy. I love this. Um, someone interpreted that giving well-being. So the Word of God can help give us well-being. Um, the fourth sub-point there is God's Word brings understanding. So the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. So commandment is, points towards authority. In other words, not a suggestion. You know, today, I don't know. Um, we're so lovely, aren't we? We just want to be lovely to each other. And... and but God's word's not a suggestion. You know, often we approach people and go, oh, well, if you like to do that, you can do it if you like to. <laughs> Friends, God's not saying that. It's not a suggestion. God's kind of saying, do this or life's going to hurt really bad. Does that make sense? So you don't have to do it. But if you don't do it, there's consequences. I was somewhere the other day. I'm not going to tell you where I was. And someone came up to me and said, oh, in our centre now, we're not allowed to use the word consequence. I'm going, why? Did they take it out of the dictionary? Why would you not want to understand consequences? I would much rather someone tell me before I wreck my life or hurt myself that there's a consequence. And God loves me enough to tell me that there's consequences, friends. Now, the world doesn't want you to know, and the devil doesn't want you to know that there's consequences, because if you don't know there's consequences at the end of the road, well, the enemy's going to be able to steal, kill, and destroy all kinds of stuff from your life. But if some lovely person who loves you enough to not be concerned if you get offended by what they say, says, hey, if you keep going down this road, you're going to get you're going to end up in a train wreck. That's real love. Yeah, real love doesn't say, oh, well, you can do this if you like to, but I don't want to offend you. That's not love, friends. That's a pile of crap. And that's our society today. Oh, you okay? You know what? Patting my head is not going to save me from consequences when I need to smack up the forehead. You ever had one of them? I love NCIS, NCIS. I don't know if they do it anymore. And they've written Gibbs out, so I don't know how long I can stay there. Gibbs was my favourite. I want to be him when I grow up. 
especially his relationship with Tony Donozo, you know. And Tony's just being a jerk. And suddenly, you know, and God loves me enough sometimes just to come up behind me and go, because that's the only thing that gets my attention sometimes. This doesn't always get my attention. Does that make sense? Sorry to labor that point, but I think it's important. God's word brings understanding. Verse 10 and 11 says, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, much more than fine gold. So we should desire God's word more than gold, sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant, and note that word servant in verse 11, is warned. And David's saying he's a servant, so he's already submitting his heart to the word. He's saying, Lord, I'm your servant. Okay? And in keeping them, there is great reward. If we keep, um, if we live according to God's word, there's actually great reward. Um, my mum, for many, many years, wrote me a letter every week. And um, yeah, it's impressive. Every week, I'd get a letter in the mail from my mum. Um, for years and years and years and years. When I was single, particularly, I deeply appreciated that. Then it continued when we were married and then when I had kids. And I read every part of that letter. Why did I read every part of that letter? Because mum's like the communication hub in our family. I don't know whether most mums are like that. And so by reading one letter, I could find out all about my brother's been doing, my sister's been doing, then my nephew's been doing, my dad's been doing. Like, so I didn't leave bits out because I left bits out. I'd miss out on what was going on. And friends, the same with God's word. If we leave bits out, then we're going to miss something. Recently, I was at Kurong. I want to get a Kurong for my birthday. So I went up to Kurong Lake Macquarie and um, found this book. And I've been looking for years for a decent book on Revelation. Now, there's a weird book in the Bible, hey? But I found a great book on Revelation. And I thought, and, I, and as a guy was started the book, he says, you know, often this is one of the most neglected books in the Bible. And I had to kind of repent before God. Say, sorry, God, I've neglected it because I was, couldn't find anything. I found it hard to study and understand. And then he's led me to a book that helps me to do that. So we shouldn't leave any parts of God's word out because there's all those benefits. They bring wisdom, that brings joy, brings understanding. Thirdly, reflection on the word leads to prayer. That's what we're hoping for. Okay, that's what happened for David. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. You could say... Um, reflection on God's word leads us to authentic prayer or repentant prayer or soul-searching prayer. Uh, probably some of the right adjectives there. And some of the words there for errors in the previous verse, David reflected on the warnings found in the word of God. So when we reflect on God's word, it's kind of like a level. You ever used a level? When you, God's word's like a level, see? I can live however I want and go, well, I think I'm doing the right thing. And then I level, I measure it against God's word and go, man, I'm way off. Yeah, the Bible says love is not rude. I think I'm pretty loving. But sometimes I can be rude. And then I've got to be honest with myself and say, you know, when I'm rude, I'm not being loving. And, and the word of God is a measure. And so David found himself, after reflecting on the word, he found himself convicted um, cleanse me from secret faults. David wisely prayed this prayer knowing that he could not know just how many errors 
they were before God. You know what? If you're worried about the things you know you do wrong, there's stuff that you don't know that you do wrong that offends God. Isn't that scary? Isn't that scary? Some days I offend God and I don't even know. And so it's right for me to say, sorry, God, for the times I offended you and I wasn't even aware of it. I was listening to a guy, I think his name was Tim Keller, runs a big church in um, New York. He's on the Christian radio this week and he's being interviewed. I thought, well, an amazingly humble man and he's written lots of books and he's being interviewed and he's in his 70s and he's in the fourth year, I think, of his treatment for pancreatic cancer. And he was, he's given like six months to live. And so, so I get distracted. That's all right, I get distracted easy. That's why the hum needed to go too, because I just, maybe I got ADHD or something. Um, but it's fun, I'll just roll with it. What was I talking about? Tim Keller. And so, you know, he was saying that, you know, you imagine getting pancreatic cancer, like you're not supposed to survive that. And he's three or four years into the journey and he said it really helped my relationship with God. And he felt God say with him, draw him into being more like Jesus and what, you know, sanctification, holiness and become more like, better in his character in other words. And, and he felt like God said to him, um, you got some more work to do there. And I was, wow, this guy's in his 70s and he's been a Christian all his life and he's written heaps of Christian books run church, been quite successful, and God's saying, hey, mate, you're not there yet. And, and, you know, sometimes it's good just to take a step back, and it's not under condemnation. God's not saying, you're a bad person. He says, hey, there's still some more stuff. I'm not finished yet. There's still some stuff I want to work on. And David was aware of this, right? King David, they said he was a man after God's own heart, so he wasn't a bad guy. God's just saying, hey, there's still some stuff I want to work on. Um, keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. David added this because he knew that his problem was greater than secret faults and unknown errors. Without God's help, he was also perfectly capable of committing presumptuous sins. This is sins done in a proud and knowing way. They're the sins that go, I know this is wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway. You ever done that? Yes, I've I. Okay, they're presumptuous sins when we get strong-willed and hard-hearted. So David... God's word led David to this prayer. Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. See, we keep going down that road of presumptuous sins and sooner or later they've got control of us instead of us having control of them. And that's why it's a bit like this. I think in our, um, if this is me before I'm a Christian, right? And then I become a Christian. If you think this is sin, and, you know, just messing up, hurting people, hurting myself, that sin. When I become a Christian, I come out of that. And then David's really talking about keep me, right, from presumptuous sins and errors. And all. He's not saying, help me, God, while I tempt fate. He's saying, keep me. In other words, keep me right away from it. So, you know, I've understood this for a long time. If there's a gray area, just step right back from it. Because we dabble in the grey areas and before we know, the grey has turned to something else and we fall into something we never intended to fall into, if that makes sense. And last point is, hearing God's word leads us to deeper relationship with him. I love this verse and I've never studied it this deeply before. Let the words of my mouth, my first boss used to pray this before he'd preach sometimes, James Condon. 
He used to pray this. He'd say, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. David closed this glorious psalm with a humble surrender of his mouth and heart to God. See, often we worry about our actions, don't we? And we should. But here David is worried about his mouth and the motivations of his heart. He knew that real godliness was not just a matter of what a man did, but also of what he said and thought in his heart. Um, The psalm ends not on the note of avoiding sin, but on that of offering back to God the mind's fitting response to his own words as a pure sacrifice. This is the implication of acceptable, a term often found in sacrificial context. So in the Old Testament, when they made a sacrifice, it needed to be acceptable to God. And here's David in that same theme saying, I want my words and my thoughts to be an acceptable sacrifice. That would actually change the way I speak some days. Maybe I should pray this prayer every morning. Hey? Just that's for me. <clears throat> and he finishes on this, and can be interpreted, my rock and my redeemer, or my strength and my redeemer. Um, strength can be translated as rock. God's strength is like a mighty rock that rescues us and gives us a firm place to stand. And redeemer is a Hebrew word um, in the Old Testament. It talks about kingsman redeemer, um, which in the Old Testament a relative could um, be bought out of slavery by another relative and rescued from bankruptcy and total loss. So the king, David, looked to God as his kingsman redeemer. Someone saved him out of things and out of sin, and we can look to God the same way. Um, One commentator said, if our rock was not our redeemer, we should be without hope. But if our redeemer were not our rock, we still might be afraid. So the rock's about safety, and the redeemer's about being rescued and salvation. So God's not just our redeemer, he's our rock. And so we want him to be our rock, he keeps us safe, and um, he's our redeemer, he saves us and comes into relationship with us so you see that david's gone from just checking out the stars to being in god's word to praying a really authentic heart cry prayer to reconnecting or recommitting his life to jesus or to god see the progression of that psalm i love how the psalms does that kind of stuff and so i hope that was helpful this morning um so what we're going to do is um melissa's going to come and um, similar to what we did last week, a little kind of exercise, a discipleship exercise. And these are just tools we want to share with you. You might be familiar with this one, um, but it's fun to do anyway. And on your seats um, is a handout, and it's called Soap. And so um, this is just making sure everyone's got one. Hey, thanks for coming today. It's a great turnout. So we might need to make sure everyone's got a sheet. So if you don't have a sheet and you want one, put your hand up. So we're going to do Yep, thank you. Um, if you just want to throw your hand up, if you don't have one of these on your seat, there's a few extra rows at the back. Um, that, yeah, just for yep, the last three rows. We didn't get them out. So this is called SOAP, um, and it's another acronym. Last week we did ACTS. Do you remember we did the PRAY bookmark, how to pray? Has anyone put that into practice this week? 
Have a look at it. Yeah, it's good. Um, very helpful. So this is one way that we can um, learn how to read a Bible. And so if you've never done Bible reading before, this is a great way to start. So we're all going to soap together. And this is something that people do um, with another person sometimes. They'll sit down. Um, you can do it over a phone call, over a FaceTime or messenger chat or whatever you want to do or meet up with someone for a coffee and there's quite a few coffee groups that meet um, around the place of people that come together over a coffee and they do a, a soap sheet so you just get a page out of your journal or whatever so we've got it written out today so you know what you're doing so we're going to first of all do our first one which is s and scripture and we've chosen a verse for you today you can usually choose your own but if you want to put it up justin please it's proverbs 3 5 and 6 so this is out of kind of Right in the middle of the Bible is Proverbs, and it's a fantastic uh, book to read uh, just for gaining wisdom. And um, just a small note that there's 31 chapters, 31 uh, of Proverbs, and there's 31 days in the month. So you read one every day. So, and that's what I've committed to recently. I'm doing one each day. So today's the 15th of January. So this morning I've been reading Proverbs 15, and it's just got such great wisdom in it, and hopefully I'll become wiser. There's where my belief. Anyway, let's get on to soaping. So what you do first of all when you're doing a soap sheet is you find your scripture, which is this one, and then you write it out. So if you just want to start writing out Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. I'm not going to talk a lot today like I did last week. Um, it's just to give you time to meditate, listen and, and to hear what God's saying. So first thing to do is to write the scripture out. See if you can make it fit on my three lines you've got there. And I'll just give you a moment to do that. So once you've written it out, just read it through a few times. This is where we're preparing our heart for God to say something through this verse to us. Let's read it through. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord in, in everything you do. Oh, there's another line. And he will show you the right way. Sorry to everyone that missed that. You'll need to make it fit now. And he will show you the right way. Yep, let's flick back. Remember the Lord in everything you do and he will show you the right way. Remember the Lord in everything you do and he will show you the right way. Okay, can we go to the second part again please, Justin? He will show you the right way. All right. So anyone still need that? Okay. We'll just leave it up for a bit longer. So that's the scripture part. So we're ready, God. We're ready to hear what you have to say through this verse because we believe that your word has something for us. So God, we want to hear from you today. Amen. Okay. So let's do observation. That's the O part of soap. So what's standing out in these verses today? You've got them written down so they're right in front of you. Or you can 
look them up on your phone, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Are there any truths, warnings, affirmations, convictions? If you want to underline, circle, write a few notes down, things that are standing out for you um, in that. Maybe there's a memory that you have there. What's God saying? What are you observing in that verse? Okay, so that's observation. And next letter is A for, is application. Now, how can I apply this to my life? What habits, attitudes or changes do I need to make to apply this? How do I apply Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 to my life every day? If you think it, it's probably God, so just write it down. Sometimes it's a challenge. Sometimes it's something like we've been wanting to do for a while or thinking, oh, probably should do that. Maybe God's telling you today's the day to commit to it. How do I apply this? So we're not just reading the word, we're actually doing what it says. This is the part where we put the word into action. You can read the Bible every day and unless we start applying it, it's not going to change our lives. Uh, I love that, what Andrew said last week. Sometimes we want to transform the world and we can't even transform ourselves. This is the part that transformation happens. We pray, we ask God, we read his work, we apply it and the transformation happens. Okay, so that's application. Anyone got something challenging? Yep, anyone got something that's kind of like, yep. God's wanted me to do that. Mm. Changes. What habits or attitudes I might need to change. All right. So that's the application part. And then what we do now is we pray and we ask God to help us put these things into practice. So I'm going to pray for you all. Jesus, I just want to thank you now that you speak through your word. You are the word. You are the truth. You are the life. And Lord, I thank you today that we can take a verse and allow you to speak to us. So God, I pray for the, the verse today that people have been reading, that we've been studying, we've been observing, and what we believe is what you want us to apply. Lord, I pray that you'll give us the courage to do it. And I pray that you'll give us the wisdom to keep on seeking you every day. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Is that helpful? Yeah, it's great. That's, that's just an easy Bible study. If you don't know how to Bible study, this is it. You just did it. So we have more of these in the foyer. If you want to grab some more and take them home, you can use that as a template or you can just use a book. You can come back. Thank you. How was that? Was that fun? Oh, it was fun for me.
All right, careful in application, careful what you think or believe. Is it true? If you don't know it's true, you probably shouldn't dwell on it. I thought, wow, how many times have I got thoughts bouncing around in my head that I'm not even sure they're true and they mess me up and I probably shouldn't check if they're true. Hey, I just want to do one thing before we finish up. I think it's really important. If you don't close your eyes, I just sense in my spirit and I could be wrong, but we're going to test it out. Um, close your eyes to give the person next to you privacy. I'm going to keep my eyes open because I want to see what's going on in the room. Is that all right, Willie? I know it's not fair, but, you know, I've got to have some privileges. Um, today, if you just sense that God is saying to you, a bit like at the end of David's psalm, you want to recommit your life to Jesus. You're saying, God, you know what? I sense I've been... And this is if you already know or you feel like you found this out today, this morning. You've got this sense that you're going one way and you really know in your heart that God wants you to turn around and go towards him. If you know that's you this morning and you feel today's the right day, say, hey, Lord, I need to make a fresh commitment to follow you. Just stick your hand up in the privacy of everyone because it's felt it's right to give that opportunity. And I want to pray for you, okay? Lord God, you, you know exactly who's committing to you today, recommitting. And um, Lord, I thank you that you're a gracious God. So Lord, um, I thank you for your forgiveness when we say, oh Lord, sorry, been doing it my way, need to do it your way. And I just really want to commit today to doing things your way. Because I actually know there's a reward to that. I know that things work better. And you know, because you're God and you're amazing, you deserve that anyway. So I'll just make that commitment today in Jesus' name. And Lord, for all those people, I pray in their spirit, they just sense that shift in their spirit, that freedom that comes from the power of your spirit and um, just the freedom that comes from forgiveness. But also, Lord, we pray that you just fill, I pray that for myself, you fill us with your spirit that we can follow you well today, that we can follow you closely today. No matter what circumstances are going on, that we can just stay close to you and follow you well the way you want us to in Jesus' name. Amen.